And we're back with another episode of Stream of Social Consciousness, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast with your host, Olivia Brown. And I realized that in the last episode, I forgot to mention that I relocated. So right now at this very moment, I am not in New York City. I am in Miami, Florida. Actually, I'm in Miami, Miami, because I don't know what Florida is, not from there at all. But said that to say, what you'll hear now instead of sirens and street traffic is birds. Twinkle, twinkle. Good morning. Uh, so if you hear some birds in this in today's episodes and in the next, I don't know, couple of episodes, just know the birds are saying hello and good morning and welcome to the stream. So today, we're not necessarily talking about politics, pop culture, and social issues. But if you recall in the episode, um, in the live episode, um, I mentioned or we were having a discussion about this movement and this revolution also having spiritual social, excuse me, spiritual underpinnings that you need to prepare for and need to be prepared for and need to be preparing for. But I also realized that we didn't really talk much about that. And in my personal life, that is like sounding all the alarms. That is where my head is. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about healing. We're going to talk about growth. We're going to talk about the fact that sometimes you, yeah, you, the one who I don't, you don't think I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to you. You are the problem in your life, in your relationships. And as I figure these things out for myself, I don't really have answers, but I think it's important for us to start, just start the conversation so you can start thinking about it for yourself. Because like I said, you don't want to be left on the other side. You don't want to be left here. <laughs> you don't want to be left right where you are as we move into another something. We shift into another something. So I kind of want to talk about a lot of things in my healing journey, a lot of things that I would like people to be taking away uh, just in general. And that's enough rambling. Let's jump into the episode. Splash! You have now entered the stream. And like I mentioned, it's important for us to be preparing for what our lives are going to look like in the next phase of our revolution. And you don't want to be the person who doing the same old shit being the same old person that you were throughout all of this. And for me, that has been its own journey. Preparing, I mean. And it's been a journey and a low-key struggle because it's very hard to come to terms with the fact that, like I said at the beginning, that sometimes you are the fucking problem, that you are the issue, that the thing that's been holding you back has has been you. Yes, it's been racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia. It's been all of that, but it's also your own unwillingness to, to work on yourself or unwillingness to change for yourself. And I'm a Leo. I do not take criticism well. <laughs> I do not. I, you know how dogs will like tear up everything in the house and then look away from it like they didn't do it. That's very much me. And this process has been so difficult because unlike what the uh, the YouTube girls, the Instagram girls, the, the spiritual girls will tell you, it's all affirmations and, and journaling and love. It's none of that. It's, it's a very difficult process because you have to sit down with yourself 
and look in the mirror and look back and look forward. Look back at what you have done, what you have experienced, how that has impacted you for good and for bad, but also look forward to, okay, now that I know that, what am I going to do? And that process is so, so, so very difficult. And I wouldn't be your homegirl like I am your homegirl if I did not try to at least give you some perspective on doing this type of work. So I kind of want to give tips, give some advice of things that I've learned. But like I said, I'm still in this process. I am in this journey. And you still need to figure out things that will work for you in the midst of my advice or whatever else I say. So the first thing that I would like to say is that in in this like healing process, you need to figure out what triggers you. And what I mean by that is that you need to figure out those little grievances that you have with people in the world that you don't know where they come from, but you know, whenever they show up, they make you very, very, very angry or very, very, very sad. And you may not have the language to describe what that feeling is or why, but you feel something when that happens. So for example, for me, I never really talked about um, the University of Florida, my undergraduate school, my undergraduate experience, because I've identified that it is a trigger for me, point blank period. And I know that a lot of my audience are people who I've gone to school with, so they may or may not, well, y'all don't really know me like that, but they know why it may be triggering, but I would like to go into some detail. So like I said, you need to identify what your triggers are. And I will say that I know that I am speaking from a place of privilege because I am someone who am, I am able to go to therapy. I am in therapy. And it's a lot easier to recognize that to do this trigger identifying work when you have someone prepared to do it with you. Um, there are a lot of resources though, I will say. So therapy for black girls, period, point blank, is that or that website, period. I stand. Um, Loveland Foundation. These are just some little plugs before I jump into um, what else I had to say, but therapy for black girls and therapy for black men, I believe is the website, has a directory of black male and black men and women, um, therapists for people to search and find a black therapist, but also therapy for black girls. I know this because I have used this. They partner with Loveland Foundation and Loveland is an organization that will essentially give free therapy, free, F-R-E-E, that spells free therapy to black women. So check those out if, if it's a little pricey. Therapy is expensive and child therapy is expensive, point blank, period. So I know that that can be a barrier for a lot of people. And I know that for me being someone who is able to go to therapy, I'm speaking from a place of privilege, but I still think that there is some value in the work that you can do by yourself. So boom, uh, check all of that stuff out and I'll have it in our description. So back to boom, identifying what your triggers are. So when I graduated from the University of Florida, I was so angry. 
I was so, so angry and I didn't know why. This is why I say like, you may not know why and you may not have all the language and knowledge to completely unpack where it's coming from, but you know you feel it. So I was so angry. I was so disappointed. I was so just not happy. And when I moved from, because I moved um, into my grad program right from my undergrad. So when I moved from Gainesville to New York, when I moved from undergrad to grad school, I was like, bitch, I need to take a look at what's making me so upset. Like, I didn't want to have conversations about UF. I was like, I'm not coming back to y'all little whack-ass homecoming. I'm not doing none of that. So I recognize that the experiences that I had at the University of Florida for better or for worse, for worse, not even <laughs> for worse, have made me realize some things about myself. So this is something that I encourage anyone who's in school or any in any type of like shift in your life, looking back as to what the old you was doing and what new you can do better. So that was me going from undergrad to grad school was a very big shift in my life. And I was just like, I can't go into my new city, my new school, my new life, holding on to whatever is there from the University of Florida. So for me, and I'm sure someone out there will relate to this, I am someone who I've been typing my whole life. Pooh. I've been someone who like gifted classes, AP classes, honors classes, all that shit my whole life. I've been high achieving my whole life, over-involved my whole life. And at the University of Florida, all of those things that I thought were so positive and so and, and added so much to my personality and made me so so valuable, I realized that I was gaslit for, I was exploited for, that that university worked me like a fucking something, something out there. Like, and it even makes me like nervous and like hesitant to talk about it now because it's difficult to look these things in the face and form all my people, pleaser girls, all of my high achieving girls, all of y'all out there. I want you to know that that's not a personality trait at all. That may be trauma, but for me in taking this first step of identifying my triggers and like what is one of the biggest things that was like stopping my own bag is recognizing that I have this unhealthy relationship to school and work and productivity. And high key, that was a lot of the reason why I started Stream of Social Consciousness and started with the first episode that I started with me talking about being resentful to professionalism is because I saw firsthand how destructive that shit can be. And I I try not to talk about um, UF. I try not to talk about these things. One, because I know that they're a trigger for me, but two, because uh, there's just no value there. <laughs> there is no value there for me, but I feel so stupid too. And that's a lot of this process. You're going to look back and be like, damn, I was a dummy. Not me, the dummy, but in identifying this as a trigger, I recognize a lot of situations that I was in that I shouldn't have been in. I look back and I was like, there were a lot of things that 
I could have advocated for myself for, and I didn't know how to, I didn't even know that advocating for myself was an option. And I encourage you all to find some way to look back at things that make you uncomfortable because when you look back, you can dig through and sift through all the shit and be like, okay, hmm, what is this? What do I like about what happened here? What don't I like about what happened here? And also, why don't I like it? So for me, I realized that I was very obviously and very frequently being exploited for my work for free. And let me put y'all on to some tea. Not really tea, but let me put y'all on for my listeners who did not go to the University of Florida. The University of Florida and lots of universities, lots of predominantly white universities, uh, to my knowledge, I didn't go to an HBCU and I don't go to an HBCU, so I can't speak to that. But a lot of universities I know, period, have an involvement culture. And for someone like me who has always been high-achieving, Hi, whatever else you want to call it, type A. Jumping into the University of Florida involvement culture was something that happened very naturally for me. But if you're a student listening to this, let me give you some very brief unsolicited advice. Don't do nothing for these universities for fucking free unless you actually care about it. And that's a lesson I had to learn the hard way because they, I did so much at that place. And there's no point in me just listing it all out. My resume is on my website, oliviajbrown.com. But I did so many things, so many things for free, so many things without a thank you. And I took it as like, I took it as a sense of pride. And then like, no, baby, baby, baby. No, don't be proud of them using you. But this is me, 22, speaking back to my 18-year-old self. So... I will drive this point home again that looking back gives you the opportunity to see what worked and what didn't. And when I finally took the step to look back at my undergrad experience and realize, oh shit, like I was really out here getting played and realizing that the people weren't for me the way that they were for me. Systems in the in the university weren't working in my favor because they weren't created to work in my favor. And though I may have had the opportunity to advocate for myself, it looks a lot different in the moment. So like I said, driving this point home, look back so you can look forward, but also don't beat yourself up for what you find when you look back. I feel like for me, that was something I did a lot just in looking back about all of my life, but about UF and things that trigger me in general. I'm just like, dang, I was so dumb. I, I could have done this. I could have done that. That's not the point of this. The point isn't to, to beat, your ad, like beat your ass up about what you could have done. I think it's more important when you do this work to focus on what will you do now that you know what's tea. Because like I said in the, uh, I think the Black Men episode, the more than one thing can be true than one, ep- more, that ain't it. That ain't it at all. <laughs> That wasn't it at all, but the more than one thing can, can be true at once episode, I mentioned that um, what I believe in is that I can't fault you and I also can't fault myself for what I didn't know. But now that I know, I can hold you and myself accountable for knowing and not doing anything about it. So I think in in doing this like unpacking and, and oh my gosh, what do I need to do? How do I get to my nirvana? How do I da-da-da-da? How do I see liberation, personal liberation? Don't beat yourself up for the shit that you didn't know. You didn't know it. If you knew it, you probably would have done something with it. So that's 
that's my first step. The next step that I would recommend after identifying your triggers and sifting through them is creating some type of roadmap or plan for what you will change either about yourself or about your environment or about the people around you, which also I guess could fall into your social environment. But what is going to change so that you don't find yourself reliving these patterns over and over and over again? I have a bird in my home. So like I mentioned at the beginning, you will hear birds from the outside, but I have like a bird bird. I got like a parrot. So if you hear any parrot noises, rock with me or pay for my studio time, period. But (laughs) nonetheless, it's nice to have all of this information that identifying your triggers and going through all the work is going to give you. But if you do nothing with it, you're exactly where you are. And what's the point of that? What is the point of being exactly where you are when you know that there is somewhere else you, you could be? So creating some type of plan is an important step. And I know I'm talking about this, like, this is so simple. All you have to do is just identify your triggers and make a plan. It's not that simple, but I think it's helpful to kind of talk about this in a simple way, because I think that a lot of times the the information that you can get from the internet and the information that you will get from people who create content about this is very not necessarily jargon heavy, but like if you haven't been actively in the process, then you may not get some of it and some of it may be a little dead. So it may not just be, oh, make a plan, girl, you'll be fine. There are lots of steps in between, but for simplicity's sake, making a plan and sticking to that plan is an important part of having a healing journey and and healing in general. Because for me, for example, I struggled with this part of it for a while. I was like, all right, this is great. I can look back and see all the ways that people wronged me and all the things that I've taken on that are now triggers for me. This is lovely. And I can figure out how to change it. But in that, I feel like what was missing is that one, the self-reflection part. So quick backtrack to step one. You also need to recognize what you were doing in, in, in all of your experiences and what you could have been doing and what you would like to be doing. And going back when I was like, okay, it's time to make my plan for how I'm going to change, I feel I neglected to include what specific to me and minds and, and my role in all the BS what am I going to change about myself? And I feel like that's a difficult part because you can change your environment. Uh, you can change the people around you. You can have difficult conversations. You can do all of these things. But what about you <laughs> is going to change so that when you are in similar situations as you've been in, you aren't going to act in a similar way that you would have acted. So for example, separate from UF, An example from my personal life very recently. So recently, I had a moment where I looked at myself and my life, and I was like, something about me ain't sitting right with me. (laughs) I don't like this. And this is from me having been in therapy for months since this was literally like 
if it's June, if it's the second week in June, I've been in therapy since like October of last year. So from me to be at my point of making my plan, I got to a point recently where I was like, you know what? I've changed my environment, right? Because I recently, this is a lot of tea, but this is a lot of personal tea, but I feel like it's relevant for somebody. I've changed my environment, right? I recently quit a job that I knew made me unhappy and knew made me feel like um, the way I was feeling at the University of Florida, which is not a way that I want to be feeling. And I'm like, all right, got that out of the way. Boom. Self-actualization is going to be coming to me. Wrong. So the reason I had that moment, I was looking at my life and I was like, ew, this is gross. I was just like, I... It doesn't matter what I'm going to do with the environment, whether it's UF, whether it's my job, whether it's whatever environment, if I am still the same internally, nothing's going to really, really change. And that hurts. <laughs> that sucks. That took me, that knocked me in my chest. I'm like, dang, I really, I've been doing work, but it's time to do work on me. And like I said, I'm a Leo. I'm very resistant to not feeling like I am a perfect superstar, but I'm not, period. So I recently took a week just off from everything. That's why if you peeped, if you're a real streamer, you peeped that there was no episode last week. And that's because I took a week in the name of self-care, in the name of self-rediscovery, in the name of self, period, because I was just like, what I realized um, about myself that made me realize that I can't just change my environment and everything is going to change and and I can't just change everything in relation to everybody else and, and expect things to change. For me personally, I realized that, yeah, you have taught me I have this like toxic relationship to work, whatever. But me personally, I feel like I had to learn that people-pleasing and perfectionism and overextension for the sake of other people, it's unhealthy and it has been unhealthy for me. And I feel like that was such a difficult thing to do because at this point in my journey, right, I am in my action phase. I'm in my planning phase of what I'm going to change and what's going to work, what's not going to work. It never occurred to me that I was the one that was not working and I was like, this is gross. So I took a week off from life, from Insta, from Twitter, kind of sort of not really because I like to kiki haha. But I was just like, what am I going to change? What am I going to do that, that's different from me? And that came with some serious boundary setting. I feel like once you start, you know, your healing journey, whatever that's going to look like, you'll hear the word boundaries a lot. And I feel like a lot of times you think that you have boundaries, you think that you have self-confidence, you think that you have all of these things, but when you really get down to it, do you? Do you, Catherine? Do you? Because do you really have boundaries if people are allowed to exploit you? Do you really have boundaries if people are allowed to treat you poorly? Do you really have boundaries if you treat yourself poorly? And you overextend in the name of, of being super kind to people and, and, and showing up and being a healer. Do you really have boundaries if all of this takes such a detriment onto your own life 
and liberty. Do you? So I encourage everyone in their planning phase to include what specifically are your boundaries going to be and how they're going to change. Are you going to add boundaries where you never had them before? Are you going to change what boundaries look like? Are you going to expand your boundaries to include like consequences for when people cross them? So another lesson out of my own personal life, I noticed, like I said, that I have this like affinity for perfectionism. I have this tendency to to people please, and I know that it takes a big toll on me. So outside of it taking a big toll on me, I know that where I want to be, oh, 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 okay. So we got birds. <laughs> we got birds from outside. We got my crazy bird. We have emails. I'm sorry about the mess you're hearing in the background, but listen to what I'm saying. I think that it's important that when you're in your planning phase, you plan as honestly and realistically as possible. So what I mean by that, like I said, I was doing work. I had made the plan. I had started the actions without realizing that, oh shit, I need to change my, I need to be a different person too. I need to I need to level up too in addition to me changing the things I was changing externally I need to change too and if I had I had sat in my planning stages and been like you know what bitch what are you doing wrong <laughs> what are you doing incorrectly what are you not even doing wrong what could you be doing differently to give you the life that you want to live um and something that I really like it's a, a post that I saw somewhere, somehow, and they said something to the effect of visualize your bad bitch self and then start showing up as her. And I think when you do that visualization or planning or whatever you want to call it, when you're in this type of like planning, visualizing phase, it's important to visualize all of it. Yes, it's important to visualize you being a happy person who has healthy relationships and is happy in their job, but it's also important to visualize you being a person who can advocate for themselves. It's important to visualize you being a person who is not going to take shit from people. It's important to visualize you, how you're going to deal with conflict. It's important to visualize down to the like micro things because you will miss them when you start your actions and then you'll have to go back. And that's a lot of this process. So it's not a one, like you're going to listen to this. You're going to, like I said, you're not going to list your triggers, make a plan, live a better life. It's not that. There is a lot of like going back, looking back, reanalyzing and restarting or re-picking back up. But I think that if you're able to plan as much as you can, it's very helpful. So for me, I feel like in my planning, I missed a lot of the like, okay, what do boundaries look like in actualization? What does advocating for yourself look like in actualization? It's cute to say, oh, I'm showing up as my bad bitch self, but what does that mean? Really, what does that mean? Don't You don't have time in this process. And especially if we're going to relate this process to like, moving forward as a community, moving into a new generation that's more healed, that's more 
higher power than than the last, you don't have time to sit in, and be cute with your healing journey because being cute with yourself is what got you here. You need to be as truthful, and you know they say the truth hurts. You need to be as truthful as honest. Well, truthful and honest is the same thing, but you need to be as raw and as transparent with yourself as you can be. You need to get in that mirror if you have to and look at yourself and say, what do I like and what don't I like? And if I don't like something, what am I willing to do to change it? Because it's... So let me tell you about public health real quick. Let me tell you about a class that I took. So in one of the classes I took, we described, well, the literature, the researchers, the journal of the people said that the number one predictor of whether or not someone is going to change their behavior is their intention to change their behavior. And I bring that up here because if you, it's not always, it's not just about what are you going to do, right? I can make a list of all the things I think I'm going to do. It's about what are you willing to do? What do you intend to do? Because if you don't intend to, if, if your goal is to work out, if you want to live a healthier life, and, and start showing up as a healthier person. It's all well and good to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to the grocery store and start buying healthy foods. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start working out. But are you, if, you're not into, if your intention is to not do those things, you're not going to do those things. So what are you willing to do? Be realistic with yourself. Be transparent, be transparent with yourself. Be vulnerable with yourself. You don't have to hide from yourself, or you shouldn't feel like you have to hide from yourself. And if you hide from yourself, it only makes this process that much more difficult. And I want to encourage all of you who are listening to be vulnerable with yourself. It's difficult. It sucks. You will cry. You will cry because it's 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 hard to look at yourself and realize that you have to make changes and have to make a plan to make the changes, but do it as bare, strip down everything and do it that not don't don't take off all your clothes and sit in the mirror. I ain't say do all of that, but figuratively do it as stripped down as you can, because that's how you get at what the root of the issues are. It could be real cute to say, oh, you know, people have wronged me. People have done me dirty. But on the flip side of that, it's also very hard to say that I allowed people to do me dirty, which is also a, a thing. So when you're making your plan, strip it all down. And if you have to, and this could be my Sag rising coming up, burn it all down. (laughs) You know, Sagittarius, they love to to reinvent. They love to destroy, child. But seriously, strip yourself down to do this process. And if necessary, burn it all down. And that's why I said I took my week because I'm just like, I'm getting rid of everything that does not serve me. I'm getting rid of everything internally and externally and otherwise that does not serve me. I'm stripping all of this shit down and burning all of it down. So I think after you have your plan, the comma burn it down part of it is the action. What are you going to do with that plan? How does that plan look in your life? And I know I'm talking about like, I've used very personal examples from my life, but this could be anything. This could be parenting. How are you going to heal those generational wounds in your future? This could be your professional career. How are you going to advocate for yourself 
advocate for yourself to climb the corporate ladder, this could apply to anything and any shift that you're trying to take in, into the next lifetime or into the next generation, post-revolution, post-movement, what's going to be different? Especially if you're someone who cares about the social underpinnings of things and you care to, to have a better society, how do you do your one part, meaning your personal work, to show up in, in show up as a better person in a better society. So what do these actions look like in, in your life? Because I know for me, I'm not a workout girl. I do not like to work out, but I know I want to be healthier. I know that when I created goals for myself, that health, wellness, those were things that I wanted. And in this process, when you're in the action part, it's important to continue to show up for yourself. So though I know I'm not a workout girl, I'd be working out. I set a timer and I put my workout clothes and my clown uniform on because I hate doing it. But I, I put my workout clothes on and I go because this is me showing up for myself. I can't be disappointed when I don't have uh, results or anything when I know that I haven't shown up for myself, even though I've made a plan to show up for myself. So what do these look like? That's what this is all boiling down to. What? How are you going to implement this into your life? And if you have um, barriers, how do you break down those barriers? So, for example, if you're someone who, you know, you know you have a toxic relationship with your family and you know that maybe you have to live with your family or you have to communicate with your family, how does that happen? And these are questions, like I mentioned, therapy makes a lot of this very easy because therapists are people who are trained to help you with these things. Um now that I thought about that, quick pause, quick tangent, quick streaming moment. I encourage therapy because your therapists aren't your friends. <laughs> I mean, your friends aren't your therapists. And this is from someone who is the quote unquote therapist friend. I, you know, this isn't to say, you know, you shouldn't vent with your friends. That's none of that. Because y'all, you know, people like to take what you say and take it to the nth degree of incorrectness. What I'm saying is that your therapist is not your friend and your friend is not your therapist. Your therapist is a supposedly supposed to be an objective sounding board for you to unpack your things and give you professional advice. Your friends are not an objective sounding board for you to get professional advice from because your friends aren't fucking therapists. <laughs> so this is why I'm a big advocate for therapy because a lot of this work that I'm mentioning is a lot easier in therapy. But like I mentioned, there's a barrier, but Nonetheless, I encourage people to find that professional outlet because it makes it that much easier. But you can do this work yourself too. You just have to be committed to doing so. So you're committed to this. You're committed to yourself. You're committed to your journey. Here are some things that I think are helpful reminders or are helpful to implement in your day-to-day -to, -day, uh, to help this journey be a little bit easier for you. So the first I will say is patience. This shit is not easy and it won't happen tomorrow. The person that you are, all the coping mechanisms that you know, all the things that you do to, to protect yourself and to live the life that you live, you've learned to do them for X amount of years you've been alive. Unlearning to do some of them is going to take time. So give yourself time. This is not 
easy. I can't stress this enough. You will cry and that's okay. (laughs) You will cry and that's okay. But be patient with your journey. Be patient with yourself. But in that, do not baby yourself. Do not baby yourself. Take accountability for your own bullshit. Take accountability for your own bullshit because later on, one, you if you don't take accountability, you will have more things to unpack. And there's never going to be a moment in time in your lifetime where you're not going to have things to unpack and, and do and be in this cycle with. So if you think that you're just going to go through X, Y, Z, and now you're healed, incorrect. I'm so sorry. I hate to tell you. Sorry to y'all. But if you do not take accountability for yourself, you are falling victim to the same patterns that have kind of led you to where you are now. Taking accountability for yourself is another way to show up for yourself in the way that I was talking about. You can't say, oh, I want XYZ to happen so, so, so bad. But if you make a mistake along the way to getting to XYZ and never acknowledge it, you do you really want it that bad? Do you? Do you, Susie? And outside of outside of all of the funny stuff, outside of all the cute stuff, taking accountability for yourself allows you to hold the people around you to hold your environment, all of it accountable for for being able to support you, if that makes sense. When you take accountability, when you take accountability for yourself, when you show up for yourself, one, you don't need necessarily people to show up for you unless you unless you do. People's needs are different, but I know for me, when I take accountability and I hold myself accountable and I show up for myself, my need for people to be there and to 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 fill these empty spots or to to fill in whatever I'm lacking, it goes away. And though I may still enjoy it, I am able to handle it for myself because I know that I'm able to handle it for myself because I've taken accountability for my shit before. I've set my boundary and I hold myself accountable for maintaining that boundary. Because let me tell you something about boundary setting. People can respect them. People may cross them. But ultimately, your gate is your responsibility. I don't go to my neighbor's house and paint their gate. I don't go to my neighbor's house and make sure that their gate is okay because I don't care what comes in and out of their house. I don't, but I care what comes in and out of my house. I, I care what comes... Oh, hold on now. <laughs> A little sexual in the innuendo, but um, I care about the gate that I've created for myself. I am my own gatekeeper and I am going to hold myself accountable for letting mess through the gate. Because the fact that mess got through the gate, that's a whole other thing, but I let mess get through the gate. So hold yourself accountable for your own gate because no one is responsible for your gate but you. So Outside of patience and accountability, something that I would also like to encourage that I also recommend is celebration and affirmation. Oh my gosh, giving yourself praise for the little things can make a world of difference in the way that you see your journey. It's very easy to feel like, oh, I haven't I haven't made any progress. I haven't come so far, but I hype myself up for the little things that I noticed have changed. So another example, I know that 
for someone like me, or for me, because it's about me, duh. <laughs> but for me, I have struggled in the past to like uh, say, to like physically and verbally say what my grievances are against people. I that goes back to like people pleasing. I don't want to rock the boat, which is crazy because I'd be I'd be with the shit. I pop hot shit, but it that's besides the point. I know that that's something I struggle with. So whenever I notice myself in my like life now that I've acknowledged that and move forward with a plan to to do something different from that, anytime I notice myself telling people what my issue is instead of internalizing it, or I notice myself like actively doing this and actively maintaining my boundary and telling people when they've crossed it and holding up my end of the bargain, I'm like, hold on, bitch, you better, you better period like you have to hype yourself up for this for these things changing yourself isn't easy but you're doing it poo you better do that so i encourage you all to hype yourself up give yourself praise for the little changes that you're making and the progress that you see it may not be that you know you fixed an entire relationship or you fixed an entire something but you did something so hype yourself up and give yourself credit for having done something because because you did it, period. I was about to say, because a lot of people haven't, but fuck all of them people. It don't matter about that. What's important is you and that you did something for yourself and that you held up your end of your bargain for yourself, period. And outside of celebrate, well, in addition to celebration, I also encourage affirmations. Um, there are a lot of affirmation pages out there. Affirmations are basically things that you can say to yourself and you would like to affirm within yourself. So an affirmation that I really like is that I'm a magnet for abundance. Quote, I am a magnet for abundance, end quote. Um, and I feel like a lot of times, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like a lot of times affirmation pages and, and, and when you Google like affirmations, they're very like mystical. <laughs> like how I just said, like I'm a magnet for a buzz. I feel like that's so wordy and so like, oh, wow, you know what you're talking about. You know how to make an affirmation. You can say words that mean things and are relevant. Wow. But I also like to say your affirmations do not have to be like, I am a magnet for abundance. I am a spiritual, da, da, da. It does not have to be elaborate. It's just things that you want yourself to know and feel and believe and you want to put out into the world and put out into the universe that you believe in and, and you want to affirm this within yourself and you want to stand on this. This is what you you stand on. So you don't have to listen. If you want your affirmation to be that I'm a bad bitch, I'm going to show up as one period. That's an affirmation. I, that's one of my affirmations. <laughs> be in the mirror in the morning. You got to go full Issa Rae rap into herself sometimes very much. I am that bitch period. I am a magnet for abundance. I am a bad bitch. I can do this. I will do this. You want to be speaking to yourself in the present tense, but also in the future in the future tense. What will I do? What can I do? What what will happen? And I'm a big uh, believer in the law of attraction. I believe that when you put it out there, it's coming to you. So affirmations for me are another way of like, okay, I put it out there and it's on my way. I'm a bad bitch and I am, period. So patience, accountability, 
celebration and affirmation are going to be very helpful to you as you go through this journey. And one more thing about patience that I will mention before moving on, I would add to patience, give yourself grace in your patience. Don't underestimate the the value of saying, quote, and that's okay, end quote. You know, sometimes I don't make it to the gym. Well, I ain't making it to the gym right now because of Kororo, but sometimes I don't make it to work out and that's okay, but I will. Sometimes I don't, I don't advocate for myself when I should have, and that's okay, but I will. So every day you aren't going to wake up in the mood to, to be in your journey, to, to turn yourself on to your, your healing journey. And that's okay. You're every day you don't wake up thinking you about to be on some bullshit. Do you? Well, listen, some of y'all, but those things, the things that you feel throughout this journey, those are okay. You will get through them. They will pass. Be patient. And with that, I feel like this whole episode has been a lot of unsolicited advice, but my last unsolicited advice before we wrap up the episode is for everybody, for the collective, for for y'all, for my folks. Start this process today. If you needed a, a, a sign, this is me. Hi, I'm your sign. Start this process today. There is no, there, what, are you, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Love me like you do. Love yourself like you do. <laughs> Seriously, I'm a clown, but I mean it. Start today. Start as soon as you hear this. Start. There is nothing that, there is nothing that you will lose from starting a process like this. You may, listen, you, actually, that's a lie. You may lose friends. You may lose shit that's not good for you. But what you will gain that will replace those things that you've lost is so much more greater than anything that you have right now. Start this process today. And with that, thank you for listening to another episode of Stream of Social Consciousness with your girl, Olivia Brown. Remember that you can send me a request for advice or even just write me a little note or something. You know, I'd like to hear from y'all uh, at streamthestream at gmail.com. Follow us on stream. Nope. Nope. Follow us on Instagram at streamthestream. And take care of yourselves. Continue fighting uh, for justice for everybody. And I will catch y'all in the next one. Peace out.